0: Hello,
1: I'm Jesper, and this is episode 92 of the Am Writing Fantasy podcast. And uh, while Autumn is busy taking care of some of our other activities today, I'll have a conversation with Lisa Marie. And I have to say that this is one that I've been looking forward to because you see, it's not often that one gets to talk to someone who has a PhD in creative writing with uh, world building as one of the critical components. That's amazing, and I'm looking very much forward to this. Welcome to the Am Writing Fantasy podcast, uh, Lisa Marie.
2: Thank you. I'm very happy to be here.
1: So, maybe you could start out just by telling us a bit about yourself.
2: Sure, um, I'm actually not yet a PhD. So just to, to correct right. <laughs> I'm actually doing P- PhD research um, right now. Um, I've had a pretty diverse life. I um, was an entrepreneur for a long time. I had my own um, e-commerce business, and um, I sold that in 2015, uh, which allowed me to retire and do my dream job, which is of course. Writing novels. And right. um, as part of the um, when I was writing novels, it turned out that we were going to have to come to Scotland for a few years to look after my mother-in-law. And um, I decided to go back to school. So I went back and got my master's um, in creative writing, and then I was encouraged to move on to get my PhD. So there's two parts of a PhD in a practice-based creative writing um, degree, and that is writing a novel um, to its natural length. So I'm writing a dystopian fiction novel, which is about 120,000 words. And mm-hmm. also writing a, um, an accompanying critical thesis, which is about 40,000 words. So that's I'm working on that right now. I have about a year left.
1: Is there like a specific focus you have to do with your PhD rather than, you know, well, I understand writing a novel, but do you have to like do a more theoretical focus on something specific?
2: Yes. So normally when people do a practice-based research degree, and they're writing a novel. They do what's called an exegesis, which is kind of an examination of your creative writing practice. But I decided I wanted to go a little bit further. I'm very um, interested in the self-publishing world and why the self-publishing world has not yet sort of reached its tendrils into the uh, academic and and more formal um, literary critique community. So I decided to do my creative co- uh, the, sorry the critical component um, as research focusing on redefining the role of the author in this post-press genre fiction world so um, the digital economy of course has been the key to allowing all of us to be able to um, express ourselves through self-publishing and um, i was interested in really examining How the role of the author has changed beyond the traditional publishing community and um, I theorize that authorship in the future is going to have to follow a more collaborative model and that there um, has been such an evolution for three components of this collaborative model which is the author the reader and the text um, over the last uh, 20 years specific you know primarily Um, and so we have to as authors move along with uh, the changes that have been happening um, in the publishing environment, in the post-press environment and world building is a huge part of that. Um, it cannot be ignored that the text is no longer a single isolated um, narrative. It's now usually, especially obviously in science fiction and fantasy, simply a gateway into a larger world. So. It's uh, the, the the combination of the author as self-publisher, the reader as what I call a creator reader, which is kind of an extension of the early adopter who is the fan, and the world, which is the extension of a single narrative into a uh, multi-narrative transmedia environment, if that makes sense.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I think... it. Originally, when I I heard you talking about collaboration, I was sort of thinking like moving into a world where it would be more common for authors to co-create their stories, um, which for certainly, at least in self-publishing, that has been an ongoing trend for the last couple of years. But actually, I think you're sort of talking a bit about something else here. Not really about whether or not there are several authors co-creating stuff, but more i guess the triangle between the actual work and the writer and the reader is that right
2: that's correct i mean co-creation between authors is most certainly something that is you know should be examined further but i'm specifically looking more to co-creation between the author and the reader and the world environment so it's really between the author and the reader that i find more interesting because i would say that the fan is the early adopter of this role that I've coined creator reader. And that's the individual who is spurred beyond the activity of meaning-making when reading fiction and into the activity of creator. Um, And that's been going on for 100 years, the fan community. But now I'm theorizing that that is going to turn into a more of a mainstream requirement of genre fiction readers and that the author has to prepare themselves for that and also provide the environment um uh, even the physical environment as well within which this creator reader can express themselves so it is it's a co-creation between the author and the reader as well as it is um between the the, this triangle that you're discussing
1: the author the reader um and the world right so Are you thinking in terms of, because we live in a very social media kind of environment nowadays, and we have a lot of ways to express ourselves. I mean, people can uh, run their own YouTube channels or do podcasts like this one or whatever they want. So are you thinking in the sense that we're moving into it being more commonplace that fans of let's say certain book series or whatever will create their own content in relation to that book series. Is that sort of the line of thinking?
2: Absolutely. That's exactly the line of thinking that I'm, I'm going down. Um, In the past, in the, you know, in the late 20th century reading was really considered to be a very private um, expression of taste. So it was something that people did alone and in the quiet and you know social reading uh began in the late 20th century primarily with with book clubs beginning to rise in in popularity and then of course the digital economy exploded social reading opportunities and it's from this social reading environment that readers have this not all readers, right, this is a a small portion of the general reading population, have this desire to actually create, and I'm positing that it's the author's responsibility to, in the self-publishing environment and the genre fiction environment specifically, to provide uh, opportunities for the the reader to move into that creation space.
1: Yeah, so... This automatically already sparked like two questions in me because okay. one one question is so how do you how do you propose that the author both prepare themselves to 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 do that and and also how how do we create an environment whereby the readers can actually get to co-create in in the setting as as we please or is it not something we have to worry about other than they will sort of find their own way in this social media environment that was sort of one question and and i guess the other question is have you had any thoughts about because there is some sort of you know copyright licensing problems here as well i guess that we need to maybe think about or maybe you you think that it's not necessary and this is just the new world we we are looking at now or what do you think
2: yeah, um, so to your first question, um, the third part of my thesis really kind of addresses a, an imagined process that a collaborative author could follow um, in order to provide this kind of environment that we're talking about. So in in traditional literary theory, this type of co-creation um, technically, happens with literary reading. So the theory says that um, narr- that that a reader narratively co creates a narrative with an author in their mind when they are doing really you know deep literary reading, and that this co creation is virtual, and that's what uh, reader response theory really is. It's that the reader um, is creating something from the text and the text no longer belongs to the author. So we'll talk about that in, copy, in your copyright question next. Um, but my theory is that genre reading is obviously not literary reading. It's considered passive reading, which is an, probably an incorrect um, title for, for that kind of reading. My theory is that the co-creation that happens virtually in a literary read has needs to happen in real life and physically in a genre read. So it is the author's job to create that kind of environment, you know, it, it, in in my theory. And so, yes, in the third chapter, I talk about from the very beginning how a genre fiction author should make sure that they are engaging the reader in three different points to make sure that that reader becomes um, moves into this creator-reader role, which is the optimal role for an author, in my theory, both economically and aesthetically, because it provides economic advantages to a self-published author. Because when you have those thousand true fans, you really have um, a, a group of readers that will stick with you in your world and your and your series, you know, above and beyond. They're, they'll become your one-click group and then also aesthetically it serves an author because it gives an author the opportunity to experience the kind of artistic growth that they perhaps would not have if they were to shut themselves off from this opportunity to collaborate with their readership um if that makes sense so the theory- yeah
1: yeah it does yeah. yeah. So Go the theory
2: ahead. is to engage with the readers on, on, in three levels. Uh, one is socially and community. So it begins at the very beginning, start to build your community. And a lot of people, self-published authors are doing all of this already. I'm just basically putting it into the academic context, um, engage them in your text. So what is it you're doing within your gateway text to engage and encourage co- uh, creator readers, and then also engaging them in the expanded text, which, it, which becomes the story world. So that process is what I'm kind of developing as the last stage of my um, critical thesis component.
1: Right. Because, well, I feel like, you know, I, I love it myself when when a fictional world feels like it really grabs your attention, right? And and it pulls you in, and 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 you you sort of want to explore more of that setting as a whole. And it basically grows beyond the story itself. So I, I for sure love that that kind of thing, and I know of course many fantasy readers love that sort of thing as well. I just had a reflection about what you said about building building the community and um, and and having that the reader as the co creator and whatnot. But mm-hmm. in today's world. I just feel like everybody is so busy and there are so many social media contexts. There are so many groups. If you, have, if you decide, for example, to run a Facebook group, do you have any reflections about how, how do we get people to actually engage and, and start on this co-creation?
2: Sure. I mean, we look to fandom is what we do, and that's actually what I'm doing in my research. Um, look deeply into fandom and figure out what is it about these particular texts or these particular story worlds that drag these fans um, into the position where they're 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 obsessed now not every reader is ever going to be in a fandom right there are people who will never become creator readers um and that's fine and though you'll still have those readers and those still readers will still be engaged but the ones that you want to look for are those fans that will become these super um super obsessed is the wrong word, but super engaged, right? The, super the true en- fans. I like the yes, true fans concept. The 1,000 <laughs> true fans. You'll get your yeah. 1,000 true fans and those are your creator readers. So yes, everyone is obviously very busy. There's a bazillion Facebook pages you can follow That you know, the newsletter fatigue with authors is very, very real. And so that is exactly what my research is, is looking into. Where are the points that you can engage your readership throughout the process of writing and, uh, you know, production, distribution, and reception of a novel? And those are the, the three points of the ones that I discussed. So the social and community. And the biggest point in the first step is to find your beta reading community and engage your beta reading community, not necessarily as simply people who are just going to read the book and give you reviews, which is, I think, what a lot of self-published authors treat their beta reader community as, but engage your beta reader community from the very beginning as co-authors. Um, not in any sort of credit, you know, or, or, or copyright wise, but people who you turn to, to make sure that from the very first word you write on the page, these people are involved. And um, I've actually done that with the novel that I'm writing for this particular um, degree. So you get a group of beta readers and you don't just ask them the questions like, did you like the novel and do you want to review it? You ask them the really deep questions about what's missing, what didn't you understand, what should I add, what did you not like? So that's the first step of real engagement. And those are the core of what's going to become your creator readership. And then obviously in the next stage, which is within the text, there's a lot of, um, um, intertextual world-building techniques that authors can use to encourage this type of engagement, and a lot of it has to do with making sure you're very, very careful about the type of backstory that you include um, within your book. A lot of fantasy and science fiction readers go really overboard on on backstory, and um, <laughs> leaving you know leaving gaps is one of the most essential things for intertextual engagement making sure that there are places where readers really feel that they can step in and have something to contribute so even though you may know what happens with this particular character or you may know the backstory of this particular event making sure that either you don't share it or you encourage your readership to complete that backstory for you so that sort of leads into the world building aspect which is i have created a physical world environment so i looked at several options for this Um, archivos is a fantastic uh, online tool for exploring um, world relationships it's it's really fabulous it didn't work in the end for me because i needed a lot more um, a space for text, so I moved to World Anvil, <clears throat> which is also fabulous and works really well for a lot of science fiction and fantasy folks, but again, didn't really do what I needed it to do for what I'm theorizing, so I moved into a tool called Rome Research, um, and i um, It's a fabulous tool. It's brand new. It just came out at the end of 2019. And I'm actually going to be developing some courses for Rome research in um, how to use it in a creative writing environment because it's really, really powerful. Giving readers that environment that post-read, so after the immersive experience of the narrative, they can step out of the single text, which I'm calling a gateway text. There can be multiple gateway texts that lead into the story world and into the story world, with the author specifically not being the um, end-or be all, you know, decider for what happens within that world environment. I mean, it's 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 probably even valuable for an author to step away from the world at that point and uh pass it on to you know I'm I'm speaking business speak here but that's my my background uh, a product manager who says okay uh, this world now belongs to you what is it that you want to do with it and then the author can step back in to um write another text you know uh, from their own perspective and their own point of view so to to your copyright issue uh, fandom traditionally is very anti uh commercial the fandom environment is anti-commercial but part of that is because they had to be anti-commercial because early efforts at publishing um, fandoms for commercial benefit fandom texts for commercial benefits were really slammed by the traditional publishing industry so in order to protect themselves um, fandoms often proclaim this like anti-commercialism but i think there is a desire within the fandom community And I think we're seeing that in self-publishing specifically uh, in the science fiction and and fantasy world um, for fans to be able to contribute to a world and benefit economically. And so there is a model, there is an economic model that an author can develop, whereby it benefits both the author and the reader um, economically and aesthetically
1: it's very interesting uh, and i'm ju- i'm just thinking here as well because uh, I-, I can't remember maybe it was like 10 20 episodes ago or something like that we had uh, we had mer lafferty on who she's written novels for star wars mm-hmm. um, because and it's interesting and in comparing what she said to what you're saying because with star wars for example that's also a massive universe obviously and uh, and and the lore there is really expansive but she basically said like, okay, so when I have to write for Star Wars, they give give me like these very, very strict (laughs) guidelines on what I can do and what I cannot do in the setting. Whereas I think what you're saying is basically the opposite. You sort of just release it out into the world and you know, you guys figure out what happened here or whatever. Right. So I, I think what you are saying is that the fans will just develop the background story or fill in parts of the world that was not really filled in and the writer or the owner of of the work doesn't really you know uh, put any restrictions on it
2: yeah I mean that's one of the benefits of being a self-publisher right I mean the reason why Star Wars and those other huge franchises are so strict is because the copyright is owned but iron in an iron-fisted way by the corporation it's not really about you know artistic license it's about making sure that the corporation can keep the economic benefits um of you know the expanding world so one of the benefits of self-publishing is as an author you know i have the capability to say yes this is my you know my world that that you know I started and this these are the gateway texts that I have written but do you know what there is there's is a benefit in me opening it up and allowing readers and fans to contribute their own uh versions of of the world and the story world it, it doesn't mean that the author is giving up control because the author still has the ultimate word on on what gets into the you know, official canon, but it means that the author has this incredible um, opportunity to co-create with a readership and produce exactly what the readership is looking for, and then also give the advantage to people who perhaps don't have the capability to self-publish themselves or don't have the Uh, you know, the business savvy to go out and do all the things that is required in in the self-publishing community to get your work out there, the author has the opportunity to also help those people as well. And it will benefit both of them mutually. So perhaps the author takes, you know, 20%, 30% of whatever they decide to publish um, under their story world title. And perhaps they have a free environment where anyone can publish and it's technically not part of the canon but they're not going to restrict fans from what they want to add or want to write within that story world it's it's only going to benefit the author in the long run i mean i don't get into the economic aspect of it very much in my thesis just because i i don't have enough room but it's my belief that copyright in general is if you hang on to it too tightly you're in this environment in this digital environment you're restricting the opportunity to s- spread awareness of your work so the people who like you know restrict their their graphics from being spread i mean of course you need to be credited but people who don't want their you know art to be spread out on the internet even though it's credited i think they're making a big mistake i think there is a benefit in making people feel as though they and actually making people uh, a a part of the, the of the creative experience
1: yeah and i like i like to sort of become very practical here as well because uh, i mean you know many of our listeners here they might be they might be writing their first novel or maybe their first series or something but they haven't May maybe they haven't gotten very far maybe they they only have like let's say 200 people on their email list who they know will actually read it at this point in time so i i if, because i can fully imagine that if you're like george r. r martin for example and you set up something and say okay guys you can you can sort of start developing in this part of the world and whatnot a lot of people will just do it because they would love to but for the self-published author with maybe a limited audience, how do you think that people would get best get started in getting these, uh, what did you call them, creator readers going in, in, in creating something?
2: Well, I mean, I think the number one key is reader engagement. It's absolutely essential from the very beginning. I mean, I wrote prior to moving into my PhD, uh, prior to actually starting my master's, I wrote uh, romantic comedy and people would say, well, you know, there's no world building in romantic comedy. There's no opportunity for reader engagement. And it's, that's incorrect. Um, the, the readers of any kind of genre have a desire to be engaged with the author, with the community, and with the story world. So I would say to any author that is just starting out, is make sure that you are engaging with your reader community um, as though they are as though they are your friends. I mean, every single email you get, you answer it. You know, every single request you get for somebody who wants you to read their short story that they've done based on <clears throat> your novel, you you read it and you respond to it. I mean, just because you only have 200 people on your list, I can guarantee that if you have 200 people on your list, you're going to have at least one or two of them send you an email about your work. And you need to make sure that the you know I mean the first step of reader engagement is author and community. So you need to make sure that you are really open and available to your readers. Um, so that they feel like, well, they will have a relationship and a connection with you that carries on um, into your work.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And I I fully agree with that as well. And also the whole point about always responding to email. It doesn't have to be about the work, but any email you get from from a reader, always respond to it. Uh, I I fully agree with that. Um, So I, I guess to some extent what we are, well... We're sort of talking about making small steps that, over the long term, will make a big difference. Right in the sense that, okay, if you get if you get one person on board and they will develop maybe maybe they do a bit of drawings of the settings or whatever because they just like it. Uh, I had some readers in the past doing that. They made some some of their own artwork of some places in the novel, which was very nice. Um, or maybe other people would like to do a bit of world building. Another person might want to write a short story elaborating on one of the character's background. Is, is that sort of what you're thinking? And then you just encourage that and you maybe provide some sort of platform where people can post stuff or something like that?
2: Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, yes, that is exactly right. I mean, we are, we, we I don't address it again in my thesis because I don't have room, but um, we are living in a transmedia environment. There are multiple opportunities to expand a narrative beyond simply just, you know, writing another story or writing another book into a series. There are opportunities for people to, like you said, draw the settings, draw the characters, write short stories, write poetry, make films. Um, and people are doing that within these fandoms right now with the, with the within the big franchise fandoms. So as an author, um, encouraging that kind of co-creative, activity and giving your readers the place to do that um i think is kind of the 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 way forward and and i'm not saying this is anything new i mean authors are doing this right now what i'm doing is putting it into sort of an academic um through an academic lens so that we can get academia itself as well more interested in this changing role of authorship i mean they're still really stuck on this idea of the genius author you know this solitary um, (laughs) genius author who is inspired and writes this you know amazing piece of literature and then is discovered by the traditional publishing industry and all of this is really the only legitimate method of authorship it seems within the the you know the majority of the literary academic community right now so my goal is to try and get academia and the and the more traditional community to try and look at authorship a little bit differently to let go of this concept of genius authorship and copy, copyright i mean it's difficult because that has a huge impact on the traditional publishing industry, who's already struggling, you know, with the surge in self-publishing and, and the changing environment. They're not necessarily technologically savvy. They're not necessarily keeping up with the changes, and they don't have the infrastructure or the methodologies in place to support the kind of, you know, co-creative process that I'm talking about. So there is there is a great deal of, of, of resistance, but I think that, it's obviously happening out there right now. There are some authors who are extremely good at it and who are doing it. So let's take a look at it from you know, a, a research perspective and figure out what's working, why, and what it means to literary theory and, and the literary establishment as we move forward.
1: Yeah, what I definitely like about it, and I have to admit as well that, that you are sort of challenging some, some set beliefs here, right? So I, I quite like that. But but what I, what I do like about what you're saying is because one of the things that we keep coming back to over and over and over again when we are doing our podcasts, when we are interviewing other authors and so on and so on, we always come back to the problem of visibility. You know, in, in today's internet-based, always connected kind of world there is so much stuff out there especially after self publishing came through with over the last 10 years or so maybe a bit less but there is so many books if you go to amazon as well there's tons of tons of tons of books in every genre so getting your books to actually become visible to readers and and therefore also of course uh, hoping to earn some money it is one of the most difficult things to do and one of the things we have always said f- from our side is that that is why the email list is so incredibly important. Correct. And it is so important to have that conversation going with the readers like like you have all also said here. But I think your input here adds another element to what we usually say uh, in our advice. And that is that if you can get these co-creators, these, these reader creators to do work in your world you'll base, basically sort of encourage that um, uh, word-of-mouth marketing, basically, right? So, so they will start spreading out across their own social media feeds, and they will share the stuff which, well, hopefully, will also lead new readers back to your work. At the Is, is, is my logic here correct? <laughs>
2: absolutely. That's absolutely correct. Listen, I, I'm first and foremost a business person. That's my background. So, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I built a business from scratch and so my ideas are very much you know economically business focused and really it's nothing more than building a brand. So your story world and you the author and you you and you become your brand. You make promises to your readers that then you fulfill right? You, you, you find out, you very closely specify who your target reader is. You make promises, you know, to that reader through things like, you know, tropes and genres and, and stuff like that. And you develop a brand relationship. So yes, it is about, um, using word of mouth just as brands do, um, and giving, readers the opportunity to spread the word about your brand i know a lot of authors that would feel really gross thinking about it that way because a lot of especially in the traditional publishing industry obviously they it's what you write is art but my premise is that you can still write art and you can still be an artist while taking advantage of what the digital economy is offering you from an economic perspective. So if you were to be building a brand, you would slowly begin gathering your 1000 true fans, which obviously authors do through social media and their email list, which again, I think is absolutely true. It's the number one, most important thing. And making sure that once the reader enters into a relationship with your brand, that's the only place they want to go. So that's why you provide this story world and this opportunity to engage at a level that most traditional methods of authorship don't allow. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It makes sense. But have you, from your personal experience trying to to live this stuff, have you had the experience that you can actually get people to co-create, or is small, or, or, or is it a bit like crickets you know that you will ask people encourage them to create something, and then maybe one or two people do that, but nobody else. What's your experience there?
2: Well, the reason that I uh, started getting really interested in this was watching other authors do it. So I know that it does happen with other authors. I, when I was writing my romantic comedy, I did have people um, come in and request to create, wanting to write short stories on the characters, wanting me to expand storylines and gaps that I would then say to them, I don't, I don't feel it." that doesn't you know there's no nothing that resonates with me to expand that but you go ahead so yeah that the people do i truly believe that people do want to do it one of the unfortunate things about doing a phd is that um it's a three four five year process and so a lot of the um, economic exploration i would like to do to test these theories um i can't do because i'm so focused on the you know the the actual research and academic aspect on on the on the writing side because really I'm doing a creative writing degree not a business or economic degree so I have to focus on the on the on the literary component but post my phd I fully plan on you know exploring this in at, at multiple levels perhaps even um, starting my own small publishing company where I work with authors who are interested in working this way and not just in the science fiction and fantasy genre. Like I said to you, I believe that there's, I mean, crime fiction is a huge opportunity for people to get engaged in in worlds. Uh, Romance is a huge opportunity. So, yeah, I think, um, I do think that there, there are, I haven't experienced a huge volume of it because like I said, I'm really focused on the theoretical aspects of it right now but I think it's out there. I've, there's enough evidence to show. I mean, I don't, you, you obviously know Michael Anderle and um, um, I interviewed um, one of his team members for, for the PhD. And mm-hmm. there are folks who write whole novels that he picks up within his sci- uh, science fiction and fantasy world. So it's happening out there right now.
1: Yeah, I agree. And uh, one of the things that, uh, one of the things that Autumn and I already have planned is that at some point in the future we we would like other authors to write in our setting as well because our setting is is going to be huge and there's gonna be a lot of stories you can tell in it and we cannot tell all of it. So so that we want to do anyway. But I still feel like there's a slight distinction between you know basically basically becoming a publishing company because that's basically what we would become, right. So we would have our own authors that we have contracts with and they would write in our setting um but their own stories obviously in our setting so but that's becoming a publishing company whereas on the other hand there is this whole other element to it which is more like the fan fiction or the fandom it doesn't have to be fiction it could be pictures or videos or whatever people want to make but that there is no contract there that's more like just an understanding about and encouraging people to actually create stuff and then of course i guess what would help is if we as authors would help promote that stuff once it's created. If if they create a cu- cool video and you have a YouTube channel, maybe you upload it as the author to the YouTube channel and the person will feel like this is awesome. You know, I I got to make a video that came onto the author's uh, YouTube channel or whatever. I'm just making something up here. But but I feel like there is two parallel streams here, whereas one of them is about basically more like becoming a publisher, whereas the other one is more about fandom and Providing opportunities to fans to express themselves.
2: Yeah, and I think they, I think what I'm saying in in my thesis is that those two things can merge together. That we're moving from a a reading community into a writing community, and so those people who you are talking about as fans or readers actually have the capability to contribute and be authors. And there's there there. The things that they are creating, the contributions they are creating, are worthy enough to be shared under the author's concept of, of what their their world is. So again, it comes down to a conversation about um, copyright and how and if you want to um, include an econo- an economic aspect in the relationship with your fans or not. I mean, that's all stuff that needs to be. Thought through and worked out, and will obviously be a, the final component of my thesis when I propose like what people could do as as next steps.
1: Well, I think definitely you are challenging some of the set beliefs here, and uh, I very much like that. Is there anything? Uh, is there anything I should have asked you about, Lisa Marie? That I haven't something important to mention?
2: No, I don't think so. I think we've probably covered everything. I just hope that, you know, I have, I don't speak about my research very often publicly <laughs> and I'm a new academic. So I'm hoping that the way I put it forward had the kind of clarity it, it needed, um, you know, outside of the academic speak that I'm used to doing right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. I think you explained it well. Uh, and there's there's some mindset stuff here to think about. In, in terms of how are we approaching our readers and, and how do we develop our worlds. Um, and I, I think we tried throughout our conversation here to to bring it a bit, bit outside of theory and, and sort of become practical a bit as well to show, okay, how could we potentially do this? But I also like the fact that we can leave it a bit to the listener as well to, to think creatively about how can you engage with your readers and how can you... Enable them to become creator readers and be part of your world in, in whatever fashion that you like, because there's also some individuality here at play in terms of how much you feel comfortable with and how much do you want to 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 uh, engage with readers on this level. But I do think there's a lot of truth to the fact that if you can do this, this is one of the ways where you can combat that visibility issue that we all struggle with uh, in today's um, landscape here when it comes to uh, to self publishing. So, I think that was excellent and uh, we had a very very good conversation here. So, all I want to say is uh, thank you so much for coming on to the Am Writing Fantasy podcast, Lisa Marie, and as I expected this proved to be a very interesting conversation, so uh, thank you.
2: You're welcome. And, if, and I will be releasing a lot of this stuff in a more uh, writer-focused, author-focused format, like non-academic format um, as I progress um, in terms of courses and, and things like that. So if anybody's interested, they can just pop over to my website and sign up for my newsletter and um, the, this stuff will be coming out in, in more detail as it progresses.
1: That sounds great. And, you know, if you can email me the link to where people can go uh, and maybe also the link to, you You mentioned some tools in the session here. So maybe if you can email me that stuff, then I'll put it in the show notes. Sure. And then listeners can just go straight through there to, to the show notes and just click through. Uh, that, that would probably be the easiest way to do it. And uh, I know for, for sure, Lisa Marie, that I will sign up to your email list because yeah. I want to see what you come up with. Okay.
2: <laughs> Sounds
1: good. <laughs> All right. So next Monday, Autumn is back on the podcast. And to be honest, we haven't quite worked out what topic we're going to cover just yet, but we'll definitely settle on something good.
0: If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on Patreon.com slash AmWritingFantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Writing Fantasy podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday.